Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your host, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Foray, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Guys, today we are going to be sharing seven digital tools that you must be using whether you're teaching both in person or virtually. But first, let's go through a TSH from Stacy W. in Texas. I love that Stacy told us where she's from. Stacy said, honestly, teaching my team teachers how to do Google just after I've barely gotten it myself, or so I thought. Today, I found out how best to teach them, actually on Google Meet. They share their screen, and I talk them off the ledge. My teacher heart refilled from being sucked dry in an hour's time. I think I can do this. I love how positive Stacy is. I really do love how positive she is. So really fast, let's go ahead and just remind you guys, Michelle is teaching virtually right now, and I am teaching in person. And when we were coming up with this episode, we were talking about some different tools that we were both using, like digital tools. And it's really interesting that Michelle and I are actually using these tools while we are teaching in very different circumstances. So we thought it would be really fun to be able to share the tools that we're using um, because if we were to either change, because let's be honest, things are changing on the daily, our situations might end up changing, you don't want to have to relearn new tools, right? That really takes down our productivity. So we're going to share these tools that you can use either in person or virtual, and it's going to help you maintain your productivity and also ensure that you're being flexible. Now, this episode is jam-packed. Just letting you all know, you might want to have paper or pencil or an iPad, something nearby where you can take notes. We're going to jump right into it. The first tool is Google Tasks. Hopefully you have heard us talk about this before because it's a good one, but in case you haven't been using it yet, I'm going to go over it one more time. In Google Drive, there is a sidebar on the right. Now, if you don't see it, at the bottom, there's an arrow, and if you click that, it will show the sidebar. Google Tasks is the blue circle, and it looks like it has a piece of like white chalk and a yellow dot on it. Now, in addition to using it in that sidebar within Google Drive, you can also use it within Google Slides, Google Docs, or Google Sheets. You will see that same sidebar, but there also is a Chrome extension for full screen mode. If you literally Google full screen Google Tasks, it will come up. You can add that Chrome extension and then you can actually have it as a tab in your browser so you can see it in a bigger version as opposed to just in that sidebar. Now, I'm going to tell you all a quick story about my first week of school slides. This is something I have done since I first started teaching. For that first week of school, I love to just have one set of slides that I use all week long. So it kind of goes day one, day two, day three, and so on. Now, as I was sitting down and making the first week of school slides, of course, I was like, oh, I need to do that and I need to make that activity and I need to post that on Google Classroom. So I actually kept that sidebar open within Google Sheets while I was creating my first week of school slides. And as I created a slide, if there was something I had to do, I would just add it to Google Tasks. And then when I finished the slides, I had a list of everything I needed to do and I didn't have to think twice about it. So here's what we love about Google Tasks. First of all, it is connected to your Google account. So that means you can access it on different devices. There actually is a Google Tasks app. I open it on my phone all the flipping time and it makes it really easy so that I can just have it no matter where I am. 
We also love that you can create different lists. So we've talked before about how I have a like weekly list and a monthly list and all that. I'll come back to that in a second. I also have created a things to do before school list because I feel like I have all of these things in the morning where I'm like, oh yeah, I need to remember to do that. And it's simple things, even like packing my lunch, but I'm afraid I'll forget if I don't have it on the list. We also love that you can easily move items from one list to another. So going back to that whole weekly to-do list, I love to utilize a weekly to-do list and then move items to my power list at the end of each day. So before I go to bed, I decide what are the three things I'm going to get done the next day and I will simply move them from my weekly list to my power list. And then finally, we love it because it connects with Gmail. Now, I don't have Gmail for my school email, but I do have it for my business email and I constantly have emails and I'm like, oh, I don't have time to respond to that right now, but I need to remember to do it later. You can actually add emails to Google Tasks within Gmail. There's a little button and it literally says add to tasks and it will link it so that in your Google Tasks, it will link the email when you click on it, it will open that email up. And so it's just a huge time saver. Now, just to give you a few ideas of how you can actually use this, obviously you can brain dump the things that you need to do. So when you're laying in bed at night and your brain is just on, you know, 100 miles an hour mode on the treadmill, you can go ahead and dump those things onto Google Tasks so you don't forget. I already mentioned you can have a weekly to-do list and then move your items onto the power list at the end of each day. And then you can keep track of those important emails that you need to answer so you don't forget. So So moving on to the second digital tool is going to be Google Keep. I feel like we have a Google theme happening here, but in Google Drive, you can access Google Keep just the same way that you would access your tasks. So on the right hand side, you're going to see your sidebar and there is going to be a Google Keep, which is a yellow sticky note that has a little light bulb icon and the little light bulb is in white. Um, In order to see this, if you want to see like the full mode, you can hit on the little arrow at the very bottom and it would open it up so that you can see the Google Keep. Now you can also view Google Keep, which I think I really like and so does Michelle, that you can go to keep.google.com and you can see your Google Keep in full screen mode. So you can see all of the little Keep notes that you have. Now, I have to tell you guys that when I first was introduced to the to Google Keep world, it was Michelle, of course, and I flipping love it. I now have my morning like checklist that, that I go through every single day, which is really important, especially right now, because my morning routines have really changed. We have breakfast that gets delivered. We have to take a lunch and a breakfast count. So a lot of these things from the very beginning, in order to create it as a habit, I had to have my Google Keep um, open so that I can make sure that I was doing things every day. And now it's starting to become a little bit more of a habit for me. But it's phenomenal. I also use it for emails, templates. I can use it for grading templates. If I want to have just like a a little comment, instead of having to type the comment out over and over, I could just copy and paste it as I'm grading, which is phenomenal. So here are some things that we really love about Google Keep. So the first thing is that it's connected to your Google account so that you can access it from any of your devices. I typically will use my iPad and my 
phone and my laptop. So those are the three devices that I go back and forth with. You can also place brain dump and save your stuff there. So anytime we highly recommend having a periodic brain dump, sometimes there are just so many things that are going on in your head that tends to cause a little bit of anxiety. You can create a note and you can just have it all dumped right there. So that way you can access it and then move it if needed. You can create checklists, which this is the part that I love. Those checklists, you can actually uncheck them. Um, there is a very special little feature at the very bottom that automatically unchecks everything for you. And then you can have it fresh for the next day, which that's why I've been using it for my morning and my afternoon routines. You can also color code and pen notes, which is always really fun. And here's the really good thing. If you're an Apple nerd like I am, you can view it on your Apple Watch. So you can view all of your keeps on your Apple Watch and you can actually uncheck them and check them, which is what I've been using every single morning. So now here's how we are using Google Keep. So one, we create checklists that are reoccurring. So when we say reoccurring, we mean that those are the checklists that you're using on a day-to-day -day basis, or they're ones that you're going to come back to over and over and over again. You don't want to have to recreate the checklist. You just want to be able to uncheck. And it's very easy to just check all, all um, of those boxes with one simple click. You can also hold emails um, or templates for your email. Now you can also store this in your email, but if you don't have that accessibility or don't know how, this is also another great option for you. I really like using it for grading comments because it just keeps it pretty easy. I can have it as a split screen on my iPad and copy from my Google Keep and then paste it into my learner management system. And it's really good for having all of your login information. So if you don't wanna store, um, we all know that we have tons of passwords and usernames, but if you don't want to store it on paper, I don't blame you. Google Keep is a great place for you to store that information. You can also have a to-do list for planning, and this will link directly to the slide that you have it for, um, for whatever that you're wanting to plan. So let's say like Michelle has, I think she uses this a ton for her own planning devices. Michelle, you want to chime in a little bit? Yeah. So this was a recent feature I figured out. If I have Google Slides open and let's say I'm on slide 34. If I open up Google Keep and create a note, it will actually link directly to slide 34 in that Google Slides document. So you can even create your checklist to say like, oh, tomorrow morning I need to open up the slides and it will link directly to the slide you need it to go to. Yeah, that's a really nice feature and I really like using it for my morning message as well. All right, next tool is our digital planner. We are going to plug it just again because we love it so much. And we know you all are loving it. We have gotten such amazing feedback. So thank you for that because it just makes our teacher hearts and our planner hearts so happy. Now our digital planner is available on our website, teachingonthedouble.com slash store. We do have eight different versions. So first of all, half of them are Google Slides and half of them are PDFs. Which one you choose is totally your your preference. Um, we also have different orientations. So we have some that are a portrait orientation going up and down and some that are landscape orientation going side to side. And we also have them broken down by either calendar year, like January to December or school year from July to June. Now, I had been using di digital planners, but specifically Bridget's digital planner for several years. I flipping loved it. 
And she ended up coming to me and she was like, Michelle, here's the deal. Like, I love my digital planner, but personally, my business is going more toward ELA instruction. And I feel like it doesn't fit that anymore, but I feel like it would work really well with teaching on the double. And I was like, yes, done. Let's make a planner. (laughs) And we really joined forces. And I feel like this planner is just the best. I know that sounds really conceited because we made it, but truly we put everything in that we wanted in a digital planner. So here are some of the things we love. First of all, you can view it on any device. So if you have Google Slides, again, it's linked to your Google account. You can open it up on your phone, iPad, computer, whatever. If you are using the PDF version in GoodNotes, traditionally you would just view it on your iPad or on your tablet, but there actually is GoodNotes for your computer and then you can open it up on your computer as well. It also keeps everything in one place. I love that I don't have to go to one document for my digital teacher planner, like my actual plans, and then go to another document for this and another document for that and another document for student information. Like it has it all in one place. It also incorporates a lot of the templates we discuss in our podcast. So we've talked a lot about project planning. That's in there for you. We talk a lot about the Eisenhower matrix and determining which tasks are important and urgent. That's in there for you. We also love that it's very simple, but then you can personalize it with digital stickers or with color. We had noticed there are some digital planners out there that are adorable, but they're just not as effective because they focus on looking cute and not on the actual efficiency of using the planner. We also feel like our planner has just enough. Some have like too many features and you don't end up using them all. Whereas ours, I feel like I'm using basically every single page in it and I don't feel like I'm wasting pages. We also love that you can easily move your lesson plans around and make changes. If you are handwriting it in the PDF version, you can use the lasso tool and move it around. So if you need to push a lesson back, you can easily change it. Or if you are using the Google Slides and you're typing it, you can just copy and paste it onto another day and you can redo it as many times as you need. We also love that you can add pages as needed. So if there is something we didn't include, you can add your own slide in Google Slides or you can add a page within GoodNotes in order to really customize your planner. So Let's talk about how to use it. First of all, we will link the items that we use in the show notes. We both are using the PDF version in GoodNotes on an iPad with an Apple Pencil. Bridget uses an iPad Pro. I'm a little bit jealous because I really want one. I personally am using a 9.7 inch iPad. I believe it was a 2018 iPad, um, basically because I'm cheap. But we will link exactly what we use down in the show notes. Keep in mind, Bridget does use iCloud. I need to get mine synced up with my iCloud. I haven't done that because my iCloud is like super full of stuff. I need to clean it out. But Bridget is then able to open open it and on all of our different devices because she has it with iCloud. Um, and I personally use a combination of handwriting and typing, and I believe Bridget does as well. We both have keyboards that connect to our iPads. I believe Bridget's is a Logitech keyboard. Mine is some weird Amazon brand. Um, Again, I will just link it for you in the show notes. But sometimes I handwrite and sometimes I type. And I really love just having that, you know, versatility. Is that like a word? I Yeah. 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 You're good. Okay. Okay. It's a word. (laughs) 
we're if not, we're going to make it a word. Um, OK, so let's move on to the next digital tool that you need to be using. And that's Google Sheets. Guys, Google Sheets has totally changed my world. Thank you, Michelle, for getting me on the Google train. So you can go to sheets.new. Michelle put that in there. Yeah, Michelle let me explain sheets. that. New. <laughs> so if you ever want to create just a new Google Sheets document, you just type in your address bar sheets.new and it will automatically open up a fresh one. That's what that's in there for. Michelle did not give me enough information on the <laughs> Google Doc for me to I'm be sorry. able to say that. <laughs> So if you're like me and you don't go to sheets.new, I just go to Google Drive and then I click new and then I just choose the Google Sheets. Um, but here's the thing, guys. It really has changed my world. I started using it in, I would say, the spring of this year, uh, 2020. And I started using it to really track my students and whether or not they were completing assignments when we were virtual. Um, and now I use it for just about everything. I even, and Michelle's going to be really proud of me on this one, but I even created a lunch and breakfast count. So this is new for me this year. I never had to do a lunch count or a breakfast count. It has nothing to do with like names. Like there's no way for me in my system to be able to say, oh, this child is choosing this. This child is choosing this. They just need a number. Um, so I have to say like, oh, I need nine lunches for today and then seven breakfasts for tomorrow morning. And so to do this, when I greet with my kids in the morning, I create a nice little uh, sheet and then I create a new um a new p a new page or is that a called a page down at the bottom Michelle like chime in and help me out here they're technically called sheets like you create a new sheet okay but that's confusing because it's yeah a sheet within a sheet <laughs> I feel like it's inception all over it's sheet within a sheet within Billy a sheet. and okay. I hold on Billy and I just uh rewatched inception like I don't know less than a week ago so it's funny that you mentioned that <laughs> yeah Oh my gosh, I love me some Leo. <laughs> I do. I really do. Not like young Leo, old Leo. I like old Leo. Okay, I'll, I'll take any on. Leo. <laughs> so what I did is I created a sheet for each week. And so I just make a copy of it, which keeps it pretty easy. And so I have my template version and then I have my copy. But I'm able to that when the kids come in, I use the checkbox tool. But I also created guys and this is like the kicker. I created a formula at the bottom that will count how many checkboxes I have clicked. So I don't have to sit there and count the checkboxes. It automatically just gives me the number. I felt very, very proud and I shared it with everybody in my school because I felt that proud. Um, and it works really, really great. So here's what we love about it. One, we can add checkboxes to it, which is a great tool to be able to have. And you can add those functions like I did for the breakfast and lunch count that will perform some sort of math equation, right? So for me, it was about the checkboxes. So for each one that was checked, it would then give me the count down there at the very bottom, which was really, really important. Um, and you can add multiple sheets to any one document. I do recommend that if you're going to add multiple sheets um, and they're the same exact sheet, have a template version and name it template at the bottom and then just make a copy of that one. So then that way you're not having to delete the information every time. So here's how we use it. One, we use it for lunch and breakfast count because I'm very proud of that. We also use it to mark attendance. So I know Michelle marks her attendance at the beginning of her Zoom calls. So that's how she'll end up saying who's there and who's not. You can create checklists for assignments, papers that have been turned in, 
or you can have something that's more of a daily page. So meeting recordings, attendance, these are more like your to-dos that you're doing on a daily basis. Right, Michelle? Yeah, yeah. And she's sitting there nodding at me. Um, Then we have the parent communication log, which I really enjoy having because I can also add in notes and information. I use this a lot in the spring when I was having to make phone calls and to keep track of which parents I was making phone calls with. So then that way, if students were still not turning in information, I could pass that Google sheet to my administration and let them take it over from there because I have already made several attempts to communicate with that family. Um, or you can use it for class lists, which are also great. And what's nice is they print pretty well. Like I'm not, I don't think they print in an ugly way at all. So you could even print your class list from there too. I just want to say, you said that I mark attendance at the start of my Zoom calls and inside I was like, oh, I really wish I was using Zoom because I'm not. I'm using Google Meet and it's not nearly as good as Zoom, <laughs> but it's okay. I'm so sorry. I use Zoom. I'm I know, so sorry. I know. I'm jealous. Um, okay. Next one is bookmarks on your internet browser. Now, keep in mind, you can use this with any internet browser. It might be called favorites or something else instead of bookmarks, but we specifically recommend using Chrome because with Google Chrome, you can actually log into your browser with your Google account and then you can sync it so that you can access your bookmarks on any device. And y'all, this is a game changer. I have kind of an every other day format. So Mondays, I teach from home. Tuesdays, I teach from my classroom. Wednesdays from home. Thursdays from classroom, Fridays from home. And being able to log into Chrome means if I'm at home on Monday and I add something to my bookmark bar, when I go to school, it's already going to be on my bookmark bar there. And it ends up saving so much time. So in order to add a bookmark, you're going to click on the three dots next to your account image on the right and then choose bookmarks and then click bookmark this tab. You also can do it from up at the top. There should be like a bookmarks bar, like a tab up at the top. You can click it the same way. Keep in mind, this is specific to Chrome. So this may not necessarily be the same way for other browsers. But here's an even faster way. On your keyboard, you can actually hit Command D if you're using an iMac or a MacBook, an Apple product, or Control D on Windows, and it will prompt you to go ahead and make that bookmark. So once again, this is not something that I've been doing forever. I wish I could say that it was. This is something I just discovered in like the spring. I constantly was like adding, like I had separate bookmarks at school and bookmarks at home. And I was like trying to keep them updated. I didn't realize that you can literally like just log in the browser and it will automatically sync. That's a game changer. And I recently discovered that you don't have to have text next to your bookmark. You can actually just have the little icon that goes with the website. I think it's called like a favicon is like the actual name of it. But Basically, when you go to make that bookmark, it's going to automatically have like a name. So if I tried to bookmark YouTube, it would automatically say YouTube. All you have to do is delete that text. And then when you save the bookmark, it will save just that icon. And the advantage of this is the fact that you can then fit more of them on your bookmark bar. Obviously, you have to kind of remember which one is which, but I think you do get used to that. It just allows you to fit a lot more on that bookmark bar. So here's what we love. Once again, you can sync your account and you can then view it on on any device. You also can switch between accounts easily. So I know personally, I have several different Google accounts. Bridget and I have one for our business. I have one for Pocketful of Primary. I have one for school. And then Billy and I have a joint account. So I have four different Google accounts. And it makes it really easy to switch back and forth because 
I don't know about you all, but it's so frustrating when I would go into like Google Drive and I would want my school Google Drive, but it would open up my Pocketville primary one. So then I would have to go in and switch it. And like, it was so time consuming. So I love that I can switch between accounts easily. I love that the bookmarks make it really easy to access my favorite websites in just one click. I don't have to type it into the address bar. I just click and I'm good to go. Plus, you can also group your bookmarks into a folder. So instead of bookmarking the page, you can actually create a folder and then drag your bookmarks into that folder. And then you can right click on the folder and choose open all at once. And all of your bookmarks in that folder will open. So you can create like a folder of all of your daily tabs that you have, put them in that folder and open them at once. So here's how we use it. We bookmark the websites we use most often. So our email, our LMS, Google Drive, Google Keep, etc. We put our daily tabs into a folder and then we open them all at once. So in the morning, I'll just click open all tabs. They open and I go ahead and let them load so that they're ready to go for the day. And I'm not waiting on tabs to load like while I'm on a Google Meet with students. Okay, so the next one is going to be a screen recording. Guys, I love me a good screen recording. And I feel like this is one that I use still while I'm teaching in person because I do have kids who are either sick or they go out or, you know, there's so many different circumstances. So I'm still using it even though I'm teaching in person. So now, Here's what screen recording is. is On a Mac, you can use QuickTime to be able to just screen record whatever you are doing on your screen, your laptop, iMac, whatever it is. Now, if you're a PC user, you're going to have to use Windows Media Player in order to do a screen record. Now, you could also do a Chrome extension, which is Screen Classify. I think this is another Castify. one of those things, Michelle. Cast, yeah. cast. Screen. This is another thing Michelle puts in there for me, guys. <laughs> it's called Screencastify. It's just a Chrome extension and it will allow you to record your screen regardless of what device you're on. That is really nice to be able to have that. Okay, so on an iPad, and this is what I use. I am an iPad Apple girl, all right? This is all I do. So I use the screen recording option. And in order to do this, you have to enable it in your settings. So you have to go under the control center for general, um, and you have to be able to click it to where it's green and it's gonna show up when you pull down. It's almost as if you're gonna take your finger and you're gonna swipe down from the upper right-hand corner and it'll show you your control center. You can just hit screen recording from there. But now, Here's the thing to remember, if you're doing it from your iPad, you need to like make sure that the audio is on because I think automatically it wants to have the audio off and I've done an entire screen recording and my audio was never on and I had to redo that whole lesson and I was not happy about it. Um, for other devices, guys, I know that there are some of you out there that you have some other different types of tablets. Unfortunately, you know, we don't really know a ton about it because we are just kind of Apple people, but I'm sure that you're going to be able to find some sort of screen recording that is compatible. You can literally just go onto Google and just how to screen record and then just put in whatever device that you have. And there's going to be a lot of different options that are out there. So here's the thing. In the spring... I started really embracing spring, this whole screen recording. And the reason was, was because one, I didn't want to get ready all the way. I didn't want to put makeup on. I think that was the best thing out of the whole, like having to quarantine was not having to put makeup on. Um, but I couldn't zoom with my kids. So I don't know if you guys remember, but 
we were not allowed to Zoom. I was never able to get on a chat with my students. And that was just a, de- a decision that my district made um, to be able to protect us and to protect our learners. So we just couldn't. And so I had to do all of my video lessons through um, pre-recorded videos. And so I just made it easy and I started using screen recordings. I would pull up a notability, I would pull up the story on my iPad and I would just do a screen recording and then post it for my kids. So then that way they had the instruction for that day's lesson. And it came to be so easy. Um, So here's what we love about it. One, you can record the video and audio all at once, which is really important and you don't have to sync anything up. Um, Two, it's easy to record quick lessons. So like I was even able to, I mean, record some of these lessons that were about five or 10, 15 minutes, and I was automatically uploading them into YouTube to be able to share it with my students. It allows me to provide feedback to kids very quickly as well. And so I would have kids who would email me and say, hey, how do I do this problem? And so I would just do a really quick screen recording and then I would share it with my students through email. You can record your lessons and then have them for your learners to access them at any time for review and even if they're absent. And that's the case for me this year. So even though I'm teaching in person, I'm still trying to have little lessons that I record. And I typically do this during my planning time and I upload them into our Schoology, our LMS system for my students to be able to access if they're not feeling well that day. Um, And there's no need to get ready, guys. Like here's the thing, screen recordings, you don't show your face. You don't need to look great. You just got to have your voice on, make sure you're feeling pretty good, do some little voice activities and you're good to go. Um, So here's how we use it. We use it for showing tutorials. So being able to show students how to access different materials, we use it for our mini lessons themselves. So we can record those and post those. And it's always really nice to have students to be able to go back to that mini lesson um, because they can pause whenever they need to, if they need to like really think about it. Um, You can have pre-recorded videos if you know that you're going going to be out. So you know that you're not going to be there and you still want to make sure that your students are getting the instruction the way that you give the instruction. You can have those videos pre-recorded and uploaded into your LMS. And then you can also use it in conjunction with a virtual whiteboard, which is great. So if you are wanting to show manipulatives, if you're wanting to show um, how to work out different math problems, a virtual whiteboard is the way to go to be able to kind of provide that for your students. Yeah, and a virtual whiteboard is actually our last teaching tool that we're going to go over. I'm going to give you all just a few different options of virtual whiteboards, but these are not the only ones. There are definitely others out there. The first option is explain everything. I know this is one that Bridget has really used. I personally have never been able to use it. I believe, is it paid? Is it like a paid it one. is a paid app. Okay. But it's great. Like it's it's well worth it. It's well worth it. Yeah. Um. So another one is Jamboard. That's what I have been using most. It's through Google and it's free, which I love. Also is Zipeboard. Now Zipeboard, there's a free version. I think you can make up to three different boards for free or something like that. And then there is a paid version after that. You also can just use GoodNotes or Notability as a whiteboard. So even within like your digital teacher planner, you can just create a blank page and use that as a whiteboard. I'm going to tell you all a quick story. I mentioned I have been using Google Jamboard. That has been my favorite because it, again, syncs with my Google account. It's free, all that good stuff. So I've been using it a lot with my students. I'll create a Jamboard, make it so that my students can edit it, and I'll drop the link in the chat on Google Meet. They'll go on and they add like sticky notes or text or images. 
However, <laughs> I have quickly found my students love to then move their sticky notes all around the page and they love to use the laser pointer. There's like a laser pointer so they can draw on the screen and it will last for a few seconds and then it disappears. But when you have like 25 kids on this Jamboard all moving their sticky notes around and, and making laser pointers, oh my goodness, like it is horrible. So what I recently figured out is that you can change the sharing settings like at any time. So if I make it so that my students can edit it and I send them the link, they add their thoughts and then they start getting squirrely and moving their sticky notes around, I can go back to the sharing settings and change it from edit to view. And then that way my students can still see the Jamboard. The link doesn't change, but they can no longer edit it. It takes away that access. And then if I want them to add to it, I can make it so they can edit it again and then I can take it back to view. So I've been doing that a lot and it's been working really well. Here are some of the other features that we love. First of all, you can use that whiteboard feature in order to record your lessons, whether it's in person or if you're virtual, and then you can save and add it to your LMS later. This is what Bridget was talking about earlier. It's also really easy for students to see from the back of the room if you're using it with a projector. Bridget is in person, so she's using it that way. I personally am using it online, so I use the share my screen feature. And again, it's nice and big so my students can easily see it. It also has a lot of features. There's a laser pointer, there's different colors, there's text, there's images, there's shapes, there's like everything you could end up needing. Um, and I mentioned adding images. You could actually create templates and put that into the virtual whiteboard and then you could just draw or write on top so you can really customize it. So here are just a few ways that you can use virtual whiteboards. First of all, use it just like you would use it in your classroom. I mean, it's a whiteboard, so you can use it to work out problems. Um, you can model thinking. You can also have students collaborate on discussions or on solving math problems. That's how I'm using Jamboard most. I'm using it as a collaboration tool. So I'm allowing my students to all add to it at one time. And I just love that they get to see each other's responses and it helps to add some of that social interaction, even though we're online. So guys, if you have not already checked out our digital planner, head on over to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store and check out the options that we have. Like Michelle mentioned earlier, we do have a free version that you can download um, to see if this is something that you would enjoy. Now, the free version is a Google slide version. However, you can download it as a PDF, put it into a PDF annotation app. Um, the image quality will not be as great, but you will still uh, kind of get an idea and a feel for whether or not you want to have a tablet version or the Google Slide version. And the links will work when you transfer it over to that to that uh, tablet version. Um, and while you're on there, on our website, go ahead and leave us our TS, your TSH. We want to know what is your time sucking hurdle right now while we're in teaching um, and share it. I mean, I didn't really know where I was going to go with that. Sorry, guys. But also, don't forget, go ahead and head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. It really does help us to get into the ears of so many other teachers out there. So until next time. Be timely. Stay organized. And be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.